Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dum De Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings on of Ambridge. It's P and Q here, Philippa Hall and Quentin Rayner, crunching through the gears to reach third. And we've even brought along our own clover and mustard this week. You are Dum De Dummers as our companion crops. This week's superb Dum De Dum is from the Paul family in New York. That was fantastic. That was fantastic, wasn't it? It really was. Archers match. An archers and I know Abba mashup, fantastic, yeah. Very, very clever indeed. So mm. yes, well done, the Paul family in New York. And on this week's podcast, we hear lots of calls. We have calls from Jen, Claire, Mia, or possibly Ian, Christine, Brian, Glyn, Emily, Witherspoon, Stephen, Catherine, and an email from Anon of Ambridge. Wow, wow. <laughs> we, don't, we, we don't need to say anything, do we? Just play them back to back, yeah. Yeah, we were overwhelmed at the last minute, weren't we, Quentin? Mm. With sudden we, we glut of calls. We had an overwhelming last moment. Yeah. Uh, and now, Quentin, tell us, what mm. have you been up to since we last talked? Um, I've had more exciting weeks, to be honest, I'll tell you, Philippa. But um, <laughs> there have been one or two little glimmers of joy. 
Um, you know, I've reached 60, so when I order a new boiler, those sort of things are exciting. So uh, <laughs> we sorted that this week. Uh, we booked some tickets to go and see 007, the new James Bond film. Yes. Uh, which I'm looking forward to. Um, I don't know whether to be thrilled or a bit dismayed, but when my wife booked the tickets, she booked an adult, and because I'm 60, <laughs> I'm now entitled <gasps> to a senior ticket. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh no! So I, I console myself with the fact that what we saved will pay for the car park. But <laughs> what really did cheer me up was hearing this week that um, there is a, apparently in uh, in MI6 there is actually a Q branch and a director Q. So that, as a Quentin, that really cheered me up. So <laughs> Q exists and they make all the gadgets. <laughs> uh, but I was brought back down to earth when I saw my first Christmas ad this week on the TV. I couldn't <gasps> believe it. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I, I'm, I can't wait for Christmas, I'm afraid. I will rein in talking about it on Dum Dum until December. But suffice to say, I have at the ready my Christmas socks, my Christmas mug. I've got two advent calendars. I'm good to go. You're a marketeer's dream, aren't you, Philippa? <laughs> I am. How's your That's week been? True. Oh, it's been a great week, thanks. Really, really good. And had a lovely morning this morning, shopping with my mummy. And we may have gone into a bookshop. I did try to say to her, or oh, you, you go into another shop and I'll just pop along to the bookshop. But no, I was escorted there. I think uh, everyone feels they have to escort me to make sure I don't leave with too many books. Are but, you sick uh, of books? You, you, you consume books five a week. Don't you want to break yeah. from it? break from book yes. no 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 it brings me joy it lowers my blood pressure it's just lovely yeah which is raised so. by this podcast no doubt <laughs> well let's see let's see what our wonderful caller inners have to say my goodness can't can't wait but before we do that quentin reminders of the borsetshire bulletin board this week i will because i wasn't sure if i'd tuned into radio 4 or sky atlantic this week philippa to be honest all this talk of succession <laughs> at home farm stella could just as well have been speaking to brian cox or brian aldridge by the end of it, Mr A came to the brutal realisation that, as it stands, there's no one ready to take over. Could this be a plot <laughs> device to wheedle that pesky flea beetle Adam back to take charge again? Well, I hope not. <laughs> Chelsea has a voice, and it sounds just like Tracy's. Junior Horobin was behind the wheel as her mum delivered on her promise to teach her daughter to drive as a bribe to make her pass her English exam. Unfortunately, when Tracy took over, she got done for doing 39 in a 30 by Linda's speed gun. But after genuflecting on the tarmac, MBE, Motoring's Beady Eagle, put her gun down and waved the infringement. <laughs> Black Belt Lee saw red after fantasising about beating Rob to a pulp. He thought his moment had come when his phone pinged with an image outside Helen's home. After pinning the man to the wall, he and Kirsty discovered it was Blake who'd come to see Philip Moss. Poor Blake. He might as well have been in Stockholm, then Ambridge. So gaslit has he become. He'd returned to try and work again for that good, kind Mr Moss who'd looked after him and provided shelter. When Kirsty finally told him the truth, Blake couldn't cope and ran off straight into the path of the car being driven by Chelsea with Linda as a passenger. Clearly, Minnie Tracy is going to pass the emergency brake test because Blake got a brake and survived. 
we found him back on his back in Borchester General and refusing to see Kirsty because he didn't trust her anymore. There was only one thing for it, a bedside visit from Linda, and in a touching scene, she reassured him while he apologised for blowing her up at Grey Gables. Beth bowled up to Brookfield after she told David she wasn't like her wheeler dealer dad Vince and that she won't distract Ben from his nursing studies. Yeah, right. She accepted Josh's £100 bet she couldn't bake a cake to impress Jill after the flapjack flinger called her Evie twice. Driving Miss Chelsea turned into Miss Whiplash after she spotted what she thought was a no-win, no-fee opportunity after hitting Blake. Tracy soon slammed the brakes on that idea. Next up at Brookfield, it was Brian getting in a palaver over a Pavlova handover for the Harvest Supper. But really, he just wanted to offload onto David about Alice's divorce and the potential hit on Home Farm. After David told him about a guy called Guy who sold off his farm after he'd split from his wife, Brian had a Damascene moment and proposed the same for Home Farm to Jenny. Her doubts were quickly quelled when he mentioned the proceeds could buy a big house. How wonderful, she squealed. Despite Robert's reservations, Linda invited Blake to stay with them. For starters, they went overboard with a three-course meal and Blake packed his bags and fled. Edith P.F. botherer Josh realised he does have something to regret after challenging Beth to the great Borsetshire Bake Off, who's leant over backwards to impress their granny. After one taste, he declared she'd created a genius of a cake, but Ben suspected what his brother really found tasty was his new girlfriend. Very good use of the words. Very, yes, excellent. I try, I try. Does it take you hours to produce that? (laughs) It would take me a long time. It's dribs and drabs during the week. (laughs) No, you should say it just comes naturally. You just, you haven't written it before. You're just going ugly. I wake up in a sweat in the night with a new line. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the gist of the last five episodes in Ambridge. So what did you, our battle-hardened dum-de-dummers, Make of it all. Hello, Ambridge 3962. And first of all, we have Captivating Claire. Hello to everyone in Dumpty Dumland. This is Claire Page, tweeting frog on the Twitters. What a week it's been, especially for the mystery man who turned out to be Blake. It's obvious why he was hanging around the Beechwood house, because uh, he hoped to see Philip, maybe looking for more work. He didn't know that Philip was in prison and was very upset when he found out. Not surprisingly, of course, because um, the slavery life was the only life he knew other than being on the streets. As soon as um, Chelsea hit someone while she was driving Tracy and uh, Linda home, I knew immediately that it was Blake because he'd run away from Kirsty. Thankfully, he wasn't badly injured, but what Linda felt she could do by taking him in, I really don't know. And, of course, on, on Thursday, or yesterday, I should say, because it's Friday today, he ran away, and whether we'll hear from him again, I really don't know. The other big story for me was Brian's decision to sell the farm. He made it sound as if he made that decision, but he actually came to it after David told him an anecdote about another man who divorced and ended up selling his farm. Not, not a totally surprising development uh, because he wants to keep wanted to keep the farm in the family. No obvious successor. He, he didn't want uh, Chris grabbing Alice's share, but we'll just have to see what happens. That's all we can do. 
anyway, I think that's all for now. So bye bye. Thank you, Claire, at Tweeting Frog. Yes, Blake's going to be the, the main theme this week, I suspect, Philippa, don't you? Um, um, and uh, l- l- people have been torn in different directions, haven't they, about Linda's very generous gesture to bring him in. But as Claire said, she she asked the question, what did Linda feel that she could do by taking him in? I, I really don't know, says Claire. And she was, both of them were really exposed to be well in over their heads, weren't they? And I know she chided him, but it did make me think that Robert's hesitancy, there was some justification there. And um, I don't think she'd really mm. thought it through. We're going to have more calls on this, I know, but that's what I, 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 how I react initially to what Claire has to say. She also wonders whether we're going to hear from Blake again. Well, mm. that font of all Archer's knowledge so on Twitter, Brenda Selwyn, has already looked at the programme notes for next week and he's been given a surname, Goddard. And according to Brenda, if you get a surname, you're in. So I think we're going to hear ah. more from Blake. Yeah. Home Farm was the other big thing, wasn't it? Mm. Brent, uh, Claire wasn't surprised. I was. I was, I was, I was, it was the, the speed of his decision mm. really, really took me back. And, and uh, I'm back rather. And um, I can't imagine the Archers without the Aldridges at Home Farm. I was... I was a bit shaken, Philippa. I, I don't know how to. <gasps> I was shaken. I was shaken. Shaken, not stirred. Ready for your 007 film. With my senior ticket, yeah. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah, there is no obvious successor. But I, I see I see trouble at Mill with Kate and Adam, don't you? I mean, Kate and her yurts. Yeah. Yes, uh, exactly. We, we, She's going to be furious. We are going to have a financial breakdown of what they'll stand to make later on in the show, which is fascinating. So mm. that, that might focus minds. Yes, I thought I was surprised that Brian came to such a quick decision as you were, Quentin, uh, and uh, with Claire highlighting the fact that Brian only decided to sell after talking to David. Who would take advice from David? He seemed to be like Gandalf this week, walking around the village, dispensing his wisdom, you know, telling Chelsea to get her neck x-rayed, telling Brian about Guy Mackie selling his farm, even though it wasn't a similar situation at all. It was the farm owner himself who was getting divorced. So, you know, it's not like for like. And then agreeing to swap the rotor for the harvest supper. It's it's all going to be puddings, isn't it? He won't have told Ruth this. There'll be no starters, no main course. It's all going to be puddings. Well, actually, that's fine by me. I'd be very happy with that. But uh, <laughs> yes, I just I, I can't wait to hear what what happens with that with the harvest supper. And and as from will we hear from Blake again? Well, you you've answered the the question there, Quentin. Kirsty bought him in hospital a car magazine. Right, you are somebody who can't drive, and you've just been hit by a car. And someone buys you a car magazine. I just, I, I just didn't well, understand. Well, hold on. He, uh, you weren't listening carefully enough because when he's talking about the video games, he said he was very, very good at racing. So yes, they, but that's totally so he, different to he, driving. He likes cars. He likes cars. No, it was a really bad idea. Boo to curse. What did you bought him? War and Peace or something? No, I'd have bought him a computer game magazine. Yes, you see, that's a much better solution. Thank you. I'll take that silence as uh, as agreement. Uh, 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 Dominic Young on Twitter, I think it's Dominic Young, pointed out that there's been a lot of starters on on the arches this week. So you've had had 
Jennifer complaining about being stuck on starters and wanting to be bumped up to desserts. I prefer the word pudding, mind you. Uh, and of course, we had the the starter catastrophe with with Blake, didn't we? Yes, we did. And more of that soon. So, Claire, thank you so much for your call. That was great. And now we go to joyful Jen. Greetings, everyone. Uh, Jen here calling in about the whole situation with Cake and Beth. Now, we've had some serious red flags here that Beth is the new matriarch coming into the family. First of all, the relationship started up Lakey Hill. We all know um, once you take a girl up Lakey Hill, you've got to get married. And also anything significant or portentous that happens in the Archer's family, there's always a walk up Lakey Hill involved. So there was that. Now she's baking. And I think Josh is absolutely right. Jill is going to hate this. Jill controls her family with food. I mean, when it comes to coercive control, Rob really, you know, he was just learning from Jill. She is the master. She's one of those mother-in-laws that would have all the favourite recipes and then just never pass them on. Or if she did pass them on, she'd take out the key ingredient that meant that she was the only one that could make the stuff that the family loved. Um, I think there's no question in my mind why Ruth is such a bad cook. I mean, it must be horrible (laughs) trying to cook in the kitchen with Jill watching over your shoulder and subtly putting you down about how you're doing everything I mean it's I quite understand why Ruth has completely lost her her confidence in the kitchen and here comes Beth challenging for the new position of power and I think she's definitely being marked out as the new matriarch with this baking business um and then there's this whole tedious business Josh is obviously going to fall in love with Beth and we're gonna have another flipping love triangle among (laughs) brothers I mean, is it possible for two brothers, you know, to have a girlfriend at all without one of them being in a love triangle in Ambridge? I don't think so. Um, and he did that whole uh, love actually thing of um, why are you always so horrible to her? Oh, it's not because I fancy her. Well, obviously he does. So let's hope we don't have too much of that. And it'll be very interesting to see the war with Jill. Thank you very much, Jen. And you have had such a busy week. I am amazed that you've had time to call in. And thank you so much. It's greatly appreciated. So, yes, Beth is here to stay. She's been taken up uh, Lakey Hill, and and that means she's going to be part of the the family forever. Um, In our family, we only go up hills to have arguments. (laughs) I think we have a different (laughs) dynamic in our family. Jill's controlling. Yes, she is, but she did give up her career to be a homemaker. You know, she when she first met Phil, she had her career. And so I think she focuses a lot uh, in controlling the home because that's that's what she does that's that's what was her label um and yes two brothers one girlfriend please no repeat of the edward and william situation i will be banging my head against best sugar work if that happens no 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 i did like hearing though how ben seemed much more mature um and aware than josh which was good uh but yes we just we don't want that quentin do we I'm just trying to get my head around a coercive controlling cake. Uh, that's, that really is a new <laughs> culinary concept for me, if I can continue this alliteration. Uh, I, I mean, people read a lot into food, don't they, on the arches? It, it, that, it never occurred to me. And I actually, Jen, I had forgotten how important a matriarchal Jill is. And she does sort of corral the family around her cooking and, and 
Ben seems to have been at her knee recently, hasn't he? Learning various recipes. Mm. I, I haven't got Beth marked down as, as an e-matriarch yet. I think that's a long way off. I do. I really, I do. I mean, she's barely set foot inside Brookfield. We, we, we await to see Jill's reaction. I mean, judging by Josh's reaction, it's a fantastic cake. So whether, yes. <laughs> whether Jill throws it out the window in fury, she, she has got form, hasn't she? So that that's going to be an interesting scene. Everybody's convinced Josh fancies Beth. And again, as this passed me by, I didn't see any obvious signs. I mean, I know he was constantly taking the mickey out of her and winding her up, which is often a sign. I know us irritating men do this. That's apart from that. Did you notice any other? I did personally. Like I what? did the min- Well, the minute um, he spotted her at the at the auction and said, "Oh, come round this afternoon," I didn't even know if Ben was going to be there in the afternoon. I thought, "Oh no!" Remind please me, don't. which auction was that? I forgot that. Which auction? So where she where she works? They were sitting having a cup of tea. She had oh, met yeah. uh, David properly for the for the first oh, time yes yeah. they'd met at the yeah, wedding yeah. briefly but they'd had that time and josh was he was reasonable but the once he said oh why don't you come around this afternoon and because he didn't say ben's there ben would love to see you i just thought oh but you right. know okay. i i do like to overanalyze what goes on so maybe i've jumped to conclusions never happened before but you never know <laughs> yeah um, but thanks for the insight into your family life. I think that, that's that's fascinating, Philippa. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> if you lived in Lincolnshire, it'd be hopeless, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of hills. <laughs> anyway, Jen, thank you very much for your call. And now we go on to Glorious Glynn. Hello, Dumpty Dum, the original and best podcast about the archers. It's Glynn here. <laughs> Uh, It seems to me that the last two weeks on The Archers have been one of those times when we've had a bit of a story switchover. I think perhaps Alex's alcoholism is going to go a little bit on the back burner now. And the real focus is going to be on the sale of Home Farm, which Brian announced somewhat surprisingly this week. Uh, Perhaps it will turn out to be the best thing. He and Jenny can then rebuy the um, old home farm uh, farmhouse uh, from the gills. Uh, Jenny can uh, reinstall the Albion and uh, we will never find out why the gills came to Ambridge or anything about them. Um, So maybe that's the way it's going. And then Adam and Ian will have plenty of money to pay for an Annie for Zander. Um, The other sort of uh, story line in the last week, of course, was the um, return of Blake rather than it being Rob. But now Blake's gone missing. Um, will Kirsty start searching um, the highways and byways of Borchester for Blake in the coming week? Um, no doubt um, we will uh, we will find out. But um, anyway, um, thanks to all for. Um, continuing to produce this wonderful podcast i think the new team has settled down really well and are um, continuing in the great tradition uh, of uh, of dumpty dum stay safe everybody and speak to you again soon oh that's so kind of you to to, to say that glenn thank you very much mm. indeed um I, I will be sending a proportion of my of the sale of home farm proceeds to you glenn as a token of <laughs> 
Oh, oh thanks. <laughs> but thank you. Yes, uh, we, we do appreciate mm. that sort of feedback. Thank you. Um, right. Oh, Glyn as ever says a lot, doesn't he? So he thinks it's a story switchover moment, this, uh, with Alice on the back burner. I, th- I think you're probably right there, Glyn, with the focus on the sale of home farm, which will be interesting. Um, it, it does throw up, doesn't it, the fact that we have never, ever heard from the gills. So if they, Jenny and Brian do approach them to rebuy, buy back the farmhouse, that'll be fascinating. Will we actually get to hear from, from the gills? And, of course, we all want Jenny to be reunited with her, her Albion don't we? That 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 is, you know, it's a big hole in the archer's narrative. Mm. Uh, and as he said, <laughs> Adaminian can possibly actually get round to paying for a childminder. Yes, that, that would be an idea. Yes. Um, I I don't think the entire focus will just be on home farm either, will it? Because with Blake back in and with a surname next week, as we've just heard. Um, it, we, it's coming back to that modern day slavery again, isn't it? So an, another painful storyline is, is 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 ring it rearing its ugly head again in Ambridge. So I think it will be a combination of the fallout for Blake and the sale of Home Farm. But maybe we get to see the redemption of how Ambridge deals with this story of uh, modern slavery, and that they eventually help Blake uh, to get a get a better life and to give him his identity a better identity than he's had so hmm. it it might be a positive resolution to the heartbreaking story that that we've heard yeah i hope i hope that they can uh, brian and jenny can buy the the house of home farm back again i want to hear jenny in her kitchen with her boiling water tap and her wine cooler and, and so we know that there'll be lots of buffets back in town and she can store her multiple tagines once once again we really want to hear that and of course then bigger house there is more space so rory might be willing to come back uh, in the holidays because he won't have to avoid alice quite as much now we don't know what their relationship is like at the moment presumably even if it's better than it was it'll still be a little bit cool uh, so they wouldn't want to be living in the very small cottage where they're so close so i can just i I think it would be good for the family for them to be in that house. So we get Rory back. I want Rory back, but he has space to hide if he wants. Yeah, just to pick up on a point you made there, Philip. I mean, there's a lot of hand wringing, wasn't there, in Ambridge when the slavery was uncovered. So this could be a way of the village redeeming itself and incorporating Blake into village life. So it'll be interesting yes. to see if he if, if he is absorbed into Ambridge and he and he becomes a permanent character, won't it? And also, yes. if Kirsty does go searching, does that mean we hear from Natasha again? Because that was the last time really we heard from <laughs> Natasha when she went out looking. Who were they looking for? Was it Gavin or they were? They, they were looking, looking for Blake. They're they looking, were looking for, Blake. for Blake. Yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, Natasha returns. Well, we know that when the combination of Kirsty and Linda start looking for someone, uh, it's just safe for that for that person to be found as quickly as possible. I think rather than. Uh, face those two but Glyn yeah I did just want to say a big thank you for your very kind words it's uh it's an honor and a privilege to do dum de dum we love celebrating the community so thank you it means a lot and now from glorious Glyn we go to marvelous Mia or is it Ian hello is this the Ambridge helpline <laughs> my name is Ian and I live on the village 
and I'm really concerned about my husband, Adam. I haven't seen him for quite a long time now, and though someone did say that they spotted him gluing his hand to the Felpersham bypass, I think he might be having a breakdown, as he's heard that he's not on the list to inherit home farm. I'm okay myself, so I am, as I've got my wee son Xander helping round the house. He's already creosoted the fence, and he's bleeding the radiators as I speak. But we really miss Adam, as he's always been the joy giver. The life and soul of our wee family. Please help. That is wonderful. My goodness. Mia, you are incredible. Well, Ian, you are intriguing. Excellent. So, uh, yeah, Ian, I think it's not Adam that needs help. You need help. We need to get you help because you feel that Adam is a joy giver. Uh, I don't think that's the phrase I I would use automatically to describe Adam. And I'm afraid you need to take action because Adam could come into some money soon. So he could be at home a lot more. You need to pack your bags and run away quickly before you have that quality or or not time together. Uh, But at least if he's got the money, it means you can get more childcare. And Ian, you can start your business at last. This uh, food delivery um so yes you could live life but ian i'm really worried about you obviously worried about zander maybe just give him some toys to play with not uh bleeding a radiator who knows but uh yes we're, we're here for you ian aren't we quentin well, well we are i mean have we uncovered a non of ambridge I, I wonder yeah <laughs> we thought it was royfield but maybe it's uh maybe it's ian the pretend ian uh, Ian, I suggest you get in touch with Mia Fox, who's excellent on these sort of things in her pastoral care up in Newcastle. She will give you lots mm. of very good advice. I'm delighted to hear that he was last seen having glued his hand to the Felpersham bypass. Long, long may Adam remain there, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we need to insulate against Adam. So um, not worried about that at all, Ian. But uh, I understand your pain. I understand your pain. And uh, uh, as 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 Philippa says, I, I do think you need some help if you think your husband is a joy giver, the life and soul of of your family life. We've got news for you. Sorry, Ian, but we've got to be honest. <laughs> that was brilliant. Thank you very much for your call, Mian, Mia, and Ian. Mian, I was about Mian. to call Ian. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, me. That was outstanding. Uh, and now we go on to the fabulous, formerly cycling, Christine. Hello, Quentin, Philippa, and all fellow Dumpty Dummers. This is formerly cycling, Christine calling. I was musing this week on the prospects of home farm being sold and wondered how much a sale would raise. I looked online for good arable farms in Worcester and found one of something over a hundred acres up for sale at one and a quarter million. If we were to do some very rough and ready maths, Home Farm is over 1,900 acres in size. At over a million pounds per hundred acres, they could expect to get over 19 million pounds for the farm. If we were to say 19 and a half million, we could easily divide up the share into 13 portions for the partners in the farm. This would leave 
Rory, Kate and Alice with one thirteenth each, i.e. one and a half million. Adam and Debbie with three million each. And Jenny and Brian with four and a half million each. I can well imagine that some of the partners would leap at this. Imagine having all that money and having to do no work on the farm for it. In addition, the children would be entitled to the nine million that Jenny and Brian have got when they pop their clogs in a few years. But I have to say, from a story point of view, I think selling home farm would be a great loss in connecting the archers with agriculture and agricultural stories, which I think it really needs. Anyway, thank you very much. Goodbye. Well, thank you, Christine, for that absolutely fascinating call. I absolutely love this. Mm. Uh, The the rigour of this call, the research Mm. she's put into it, Philippa, is in your league, isn't it, in terms of number crunching? (laughs) I am very impressed. Well done, Christine. I we're talking big numbers here, aren't we? 19 and a half million quid. And they're all going to walk away as millionaires. I mean, Rory, Kate and Alice, one and a half million each. Adam and Debbie, three million each. Brian and Jenny, four and a half million pounds each. I mean, it's a no-brainer, isn't it, really, <laughs> when, you, when you see it in black and white like that. But um, uh, but I, I, but the, the, you know, what we would lose is, is, a, is home farm mm. being at the heart of so much Ambridge uh, village life, wouldn't we? So I am with one with Christine here uh, that it would be a great loss. And we, people I do, I mean, I love all the drama stuff, but a lot of people love all the agricultural references and the stories. So, you know, to lose home farm would be blow a big hole in that. So Mm. I, I agree with you on that, Christine. But I can see why pound signs have flared up in in Brian's eyes, uh, and uh, you know, trying to bribe Jenny with a big house, and no doubt an Albion <laughs> naughty man, naughty man. But fascinating. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, I I do worry about it because while it does seem like well, it obviously is huge sums of money. That's something that is an asset for the family for the future. And Brian up to now has always been concerned on protecting the family, um, a home, well, you know, the the farm itself and having something that will last the generation. So I was really surprised, as as I think many of us were, that Mm. he came up with, with this view. He's doing it because he's concerned particularly about Chris's divorce entitlement. Well, if Alice has one and a half million in total and say Chris is allowed uh, 50% of Mm. that, we're talking about three quarters of a million pounds, a huge sum of money to any of us, obviously, but in the overall scheme of things, three quarters of a million compared to an asset worth 19 and a half million, it's not that big. So I, uh, I don't know that that's all of it. I am. We need to have home farm in the archers. We need to be able to compare the different styles of farming. And I, I loved hearing the conversation with Brian and Stella this week with with their different views. Who is going to buy it? That's the question. I mean, I think either Vince. it's BL. Vince. Uh, you see, I don't think he's got the money. To, or Justin and Lillian. We've already heard that they're willing to spend ridiculous sums of money oh, on yeah. buying a, a racing horse or a, or a yacht. I'm not saying they've got 19.5 million cash sitting around, but they've got the wherewithal, presumably, to, to raise the rest. And then they contract it out, right? 
Yeah, and we've also got the other factor that we've got the um, BL Renewal meeting coming up with Martin Gibson, and Brian mentioned it this week. And previously, Justin had said that it's the combination of Adam and Brian together that makes it attractive to BL for keeping to, to renew the contract with them. Well, Adam's no longer there, so... Uh, I don't think the the renewal of that contract is going to be uh, easy and pain free. So that might push Brian again to say, "Well, yes, we're we're pursuing this. We're we're just just let's sell up." But they've got to be careful with their money to someone, preserve it for the future. Someone suggested Jeremy Clarkson would buy it for Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he's got into trouble because he was Caleb was putting on Instagram uh, all this footage of uh, Jeremy Clarkson uh, driving into fen- in, into oh, a fence really? and uh, in the comments Amazon Prime who obviously <laughs> run the program had put spoilers in capital letters and lots of exclamation marks. So yes, I, I think Caleb might be in the doghouse a little bit. He's got a, a baby as well. Does he? Know that. Yeah. Caleb. There you go. Sorry. Yes, we need to stick to the archers. Come on, Quentin, let's focus. Mini Caleb, lovely. Yes, yes, there we go. Well, Christine, that was wonderful. Loved your figures, as uh, as Quentin said. Mm. And we'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and I wonder how to do it, here's how. Yes, as we always say, we, we do like to think of this podcast, don't we, Philippa, as the people's podcast. So mm. if you, if you want to record a message or put down a plot prediction, one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red speak pipe link on the left and then submit your call. I promise you it's it's ever so easy and you can have as many goes as you like, so don't worry. Another way is to send a WhatsApp voice note to this number, 07957 167696. That's 07957 167696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK, to add a plus 44. Speaking of the website, you'll find a link there to Patreon where you can financially support the show. Royfield's been going on about how many costs are involved with steering the good ship dum dum and is getting tetchy. We're not talking about Patreon enough, so sorry for going on about it, but your help would be greatly appreciated and it means we don't get told off quite as much as we do anyway let's get back to those calls that's what that's what we're here for and first of all we hear from brilliant brian hello it's brian um they've really got in for blake haven't they he's been hideously abused for for years he escapes been living rough finds a friendly face and immediately gets run over by the only car in britain that's still got any petrol left i can't see what else could happen to him now um, he's uh, suffered such a lot. I do hope he gets a happy ending for us as well. That he, he you know, even settled in the village and gets adopted by Linda. That's not what I want him to happen because um, that'd be good for both of them. Now it seems such a strain that he's waiting for the to be in trouble all the time, almost like an animal that's been beaten. That's you know just anticipating the the blow. Um, so I just really hope something good happens to him. So, um, you know, so unless he gets struck by lightning, which would be the next thing to happen for, for so and so. Um, but that's, that's my only thoughts. Um, oh, and wasn't, um, Chelsea good as Tracy's daughter? I don't know who that was, but 
you could actually be, you happily believe that it was mm. it, Chelsea was Tracy's daughter. Um, the, the tone of voice, the way they spoke, whether that's the script or the directing, it was or the acting, it was it was all very well done. Completely believable as mother and daughter, and if that's the first time they've um, acted together, that's that's pretty spot on. Okay, um, but that's all I've got got to say really. Um, so enjoy the rest of the week. Hope you all get petrol. Bye. <laughs> Thank you. Brilliant. Yes, Blake should be adopted by Linda. Who needs something good to ha- to happen for him. Yeah, uh, what was the starter that Linda served him? I'm still very unsure. Obviously, yeah. the spag ball was the main cause. Well, you know, but... they, never, they never got to that, though, did they? He fled before. No, they never talked. Yes, but we didn't know. He was served this starter, obviously a small one, and poor man decided to eat it really slowly because he thought that was his entire dinner. Yes. Uh, and uh, the, then it turned out to be the, the starter. I, I don't know. Um Yes, I loved Chelsea as well. I really did. I I wonder how much time Chelsea and Tracy have been together or the actors playing them working on the the voice sort of crossover because it was extraordinary, very Mm. cleverly done. Bravo. Um, Yes, and petrol. My poor uncle had been queuing for hours to get petrol up in Scotland, got to the front of the queue, put the started the petrol, Two pounds he got before the petrol ran out. No. Two pounds worth of petrol. He didn't have enough to get home. So there, there we go. But uh, yes, the purpose of Blake. What is the purpose of Blake in Ambridge? Obviously, originally it was to highlight modern slavery um, and also the disabilities that he seems to have as well. But it, I think it's to show us the other side of Ambridge. First of all, the the, the selfish um, penny pinching side where they all used Philip Moss and his crew because they the charges were so much lower uh, but hopefully as we've already said now it's to show the the redemption of Ambridge and and the the writing of wrongs for Blake um, I don't think to be fair Brian Linda is is the answer I think he needs more help than that doesn't he I, I do and uh, she was they're both out of their depth i mean best intentions but really floundering right right from the the outset but you know they they may get some guidance and, and training or whatever and, and may take him in we should you know it, it could be an interesting storyline i think he is going to be absorbed by the village i think the village as i said before wants that element of redemption after realizing that they've been exploiting workers for very little so uh or nothing really um so yeah we shall have to see how that how that shakes down i i couldn't agree with you more about the portrayal of chelsea and her, the the actress's name is, is madeline leslie and um she posted on twitter how delighted she was to have got the part she's a, she's a british french actor apparently and I thought she was oh. fantastic. I thought they clicked. I mean, the, the, I mean, the peas in a pod, weren't they? Um, mm. uh, they've, they've got the same sort of mash mesh, if you like, that the Carters have got as a family. They, she was a horror bin as soon as she opened her mouth, wasn't she? Uh, <laughs> one almost had to sort of really concentrate to discern which was which, but there was enough difference mm. for you to realise yes. her attitude, her tone, her irritation with her mother, but also... There's a love between them, you could tell. And and when Tracy sat her down and and said, "Look, this 
this um, no win, no fees is, is it nonsense? And then sort of saying having stuff in life isn't the isn't the the the, the source of happiness was was lovely, and she made her think about things. So I thought their their rapport and their relationship was so convincing from the off. So congratulations to Madeline. I thought for a bravura performance. I'm looking forward to her developing as a character. And equally, mm. lots of plaudits for Luke McGregor, who's playing Blake mm. as well. He got a, a lot of plaudits on, on Twitter, certainly. And uh, he's, he's an, an, an MA radio student from Goldsmiths. So there you go, another young actor who's been given a break by the Archers, which is great to hear. It absolutely is. Brian, thank you so much for your call. That was great as ever. And now we go to Elegant Emily. Hello, Philippa. Hello, Quentin. Hello, fellow subjects in the kingdom of Dumpty Dum. It's Emily from Canada calling. First time caller in error. However, not first time contributor. But I may be a last time caller in error because the number of times I've had to press the start recording button has driven me round the bend. Right. Male characters this week. Not so hot, guys. Lee. That was cringeworthy. You tried to apprehend Rob and ended up with Blake. Barely. Robert. Too much whinging and hand-wringing going on. I kept expecting him to wheel out the dessert trolley of doom to freak poor little Blake out just that little bit more. Josh. Can Ben have nothing that is just his? You always seem to outshine him. And it seems grossly unfair that he can't even have the girlfriend that he broke up with Evie for. Back off, Josh. Female characters this week. Fabulous. Chelsea. One of her first times out in the car, and as far as I know, first time out on the Archer's airwaves. Outward focused, really impressive, especially for a teenager. And I can say so because I have too. Tracy, fantastic mum, really communicative, also outward focused. I can see where Chelsea gets her good points. Linda, amazing with Blake. Sometimes she is such, well, most times she is such a snob, but she really came into her own with Blake and I was so happy to see it. Well, better shut up before it cuts me off. Good to talk to you all. Bye-bye. Well, hello uh, as well, Emily. Delighted that you are a first-time caller in and that mm. uh, you stuck with SpeakPipe. Sorry you had problems with it. Most people seem to uh, sail through no problem, but delighted that you, you stuck at it, and we'd love to hear from you again. As you said, we have heard from you before via email, but uh, excellent first call in, Emily. So um, please do call in a- again. Uh, and the thrust of your call was the was the men in Ambridge, and I, th- I think in, in this week, it's, it's worth saying that in the light of the Sarah Everard case, it's been a bad week for all men. To be honest, uh, it, it has to be said that uh, no amount of flagging down night buses or checking into control rooms mm. is fundamentally going to change things until we men fundamentally change our attitudes and behaviours. This, I have to say, is a male issue does nothing to do with women. I just had to say that in the context of your call, Emily. Um, yeah, I yeah, the men. Lee and Josh, I agree with you. I, I mean, I don't see why Josh, as you say, outshines 
Ben, I think Ben, there's much more going from him than Josh. I know you're a big fan of Josh, aren't you, Philip? Um, but uh, yeah, he should back off. He should back off. It's his girlfriend, mm. and uh, leave leave well alone. But uh, there's too much dramatic potential there, I think, for the scriptwriters to not meddle with. Lee's always cringeworthy. Uh, yeah, another week of cringeworthy Lee. I, I think Robert. I, I I feel sorry for Robert because I think he was just he was just given a fate complete by Linda that mm-hmm. this is going to happen and uh, make him a meal. And I mm. I think Robert was flustered on a number of levels and expressed concerns that it was all a bit of a rush, Lindy, I think, as he said. So I, I think uh, that was a bit mean on Robert. Uh, he was doing his best, and he said, look, this was over the top, Lindy. We should have actually approached this in a different way. We've spoken about Chelsea. Yes, fa- fabulous debut. I quite agree with that. And Tracy, fantastic mum. Susie Riddell. I love her stuff on on the archers, and she just clicks with Chelsea, doesn't she? Um, I would say that not all all the women had a great week in, in the archers. Uh, not a great week for Helen. She got quite a bit of bashing. I noticed uh, people felt that she was full of herself on on the phone, wasn't she, with Kirsty, mm, uh, mm. declaring her defiance and not really caring for the distress of her best friend Kirsty. So, I would I would say um, Helen should be marked down this week. But uh, yeah, not a great week for men. Yes, Emily, well done on your first caller in. That was wonderful. Um, I'm, I did contact Emily to check about the problems with the speaker pipe button, and it turns out it wasn't the technology. It was just Emily getting the words that she wanted to say in the right order. So oh. that's absolutely fine. But, Emily, when you're our first-time caller in, there is a procedure you have to follow. You have to tell us the pedigree, uh, which is the person that was born the closest to when you first started listening. You have to tell us where you're based. Well, you have said that. Thank you. And a little bit about yourself. So you have to call back in. There's no way out of it. And t- tell us more. Um, no, it was a great call. Well well done. Uh, Linda. <laughs> Linda was good with Blake. Well, Linda, I think, yes, she has her issues, but for me, she's a fixer. When there's a problem, she wants to step in and fix it. If there's no fate, Linda's there to make it happen. No director for the pantomime, Linda's there. The bull wants to change its name to the bee in Ambridge, Linda is there, tying herself to the door so it doesn't happen. She wants to help fix Blake. Um, But I do think that actually from listening this week, the best person to help Blake is unbelievably Lee, because he was having this (laughs) ridiculous conversation about cups of tea and biscuits with Blake. But he was on Blake's level and, and maybe they are quite similar, but he could talk to Blake and Blake would respond. There was more of a conversation that he met him where Lee met Blake where Blake needed to be met. Um, so I think Lee could be the, the the best hope. Obviously, that would mean that Blake would have to be with Helen, and who would want that? Not me. Um, yeah, I wasn't impressed with Josh this week. And uh, I just want to say, uh, talking about how great Chelsea was, um, in the Guard- Guardian, uh, Charlotte Higgins had written her uh, roundup of Ambridge, and she made the point that I had missed. I'm sure everyone else is hitting their head saying, of course, it's obvious, Philippa. But she made the point that just like Ben and Josh, Chelsea first spoke while she was driving. I thought, yes, very interesting indeed. So well done, uh, Charlotte Higgins mm. in The Guardian. Oh, some people's knowledge is phenomenal, isn't it? It is phenomenal. Mm. Mm. Very good. Uh, 
you know, I, I think you're being too kind to Lee. To be honest, I mean, I, he was he was he was so embarrassed having almost beaten Paul Blake up, wasn't he? He was desperately uh, yeah. trying to recover himself and try and f- fill him full of custard creams. There is that, yeah. And then he, t- oh God, I just got so annoyed with both of them. They wouldn't tell Blake the truth and treat him like an adult and tell him that. Moss was in prison. They just danced around. Oh, gosh. I got very cross about that. I did get cross about that. Yes. Calm down because we've got a call coming up that deals with that. So let's head straight. Thank you, Emily, for your call. That was brilliant. Let's head straight to the upper, lower, east, west side. It's the wonderful Witherspoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa, Quentin, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Sorry, one more thought about Alice and follow up to last week's discussion about whether she should be divorcing Chris at this time. Formally cycling Christine's comments made me remember an important recommendation of AA. People early in their recovery should not make a major life change in the first year of sobriety. One website listed the following examples of such no-nos starting a new romance, getting a divorce, moving house, changing careers, having a baby, and taking on added responsibilities. Of course, I don't think there's clinical research data to evaluate this recommendation, and there are exceptions to every rule. Sometimes a life change is required, so we'll see if Alice sticks to her plan. Now, on to Blake. Such heartbreaking scenes with him this week. I felt for Kirsty when she was put between a rock and a hard place regarding whether to tell him that Philip was in jail. I honestly didn't know what the best thing to do was. Maybe at that point she should have been a bit vaguer and developmentally more appropriate with Blake as to the reason Philip and Gavin were in jail. They did bad things to people, and the judge punished them by sending them to prison. Oh well, as they say, hindsight is twenty twenty. As for the ever-earnest Snells, it may have helped to connect with Blake if Robert had said he was serving up spaghetti with meat sauce rather than spaghetti bolognese. Once again, hindsight is twenty twenty. Hopefully, Blake will not slip back into the shadows, and this was not just a brief cameo appearance. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Witherspoon, for your wise words, as always. Yes, Alice shouldn't be making any major life decisions, and she has. And yet it, it was Brian that's made an even quicker decision to to sell home home farm. So interesting there with the speed of these decisions being made in Ambridge at the moment. Witherspoon, you're absolutely right. It's It was excruciating to hear how Kirsty talked to Blake and she could have used words that were much... Um, that were a much better way of communicating, just as as you said, on your call. Um, you know, when she went in, she told uh, poor Blake that she'd called the police, even though she said Harrison was a friend. And she could have just said to him, don't worry, he's the worst policeman on the planet. You know, he, he, you've got nothing to fear from him. He's just got his play policeman set. So you're absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, she told him, I think, all the wrong things, calling the police and um, Phillips in prison. And I know she was trying to help and she wasn't doing it maliciously, but it did make me feel uncomfortable. And I think Witherspoon, you would have handled it much better. Yeah. Where, where's a Witherspoon when you need one, eh? <laughs> um, I, I I just felt 
Blake should have been treated like a grown-up, like an adult. And yeah, Kirsty did eventually gently spell it out to Blake, didn't she? She said, he, well, he, he, he didn't pay people to work for him and, and that was against the law. And I just got the impression that whatever Kirsty said, he wasn't going to accept. Um, he didn't want to hear anything bad said about Mr. Moss, did he? So rock and a hard place really he knows what spaghetti bolognese is but just give him spaghetti bolognese don't give him a three-course meal he was simply overwhelmed by the quantity of the food wasn't he that's what made him so unaccustomed and uncomfortable being uh in in, in the house um so i yeah i i i got very frustrated with that whole Kirsty scene i have to say um, and I, I tend to think you just be honest with people, but in a sensitive way rather than dancing around things. It does, it does irritate me, but that's, that's me. Uh, and as you say, I mean, he's, yeah, uh, Alice has ticked off two of two things on our list that really she should have avoided first year of sobriety, having a baby and a divorce. I mean, uh, yeah. she's, she's shoring up potential problems, but fingers crossed things are on the, are on the turn for her. Yes, I mean, she didn't have the baby during sobriety. I suppose that was no, part of the but problem. she was drunk, that... wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, <laughs> but I'm going to disagree with you, respectfully oh, disagree with you, Quentin. Um, I hear what you're saying about treating Blake like an adult. I'm being honest. We all want the truth. We all want honesty. But I don't think he could process that. He has been so conditioned to think that Philip Moss was looking after him, that he was responsible for the fire, that he shouldn't um, tell anybody what had happened. And I don't know if he would know what spaghetti bot bolognese because they ate a lot of food from the garage that was picked up gavin was in charge of catering during lockdown so heaven knows what what happened there um i i don't know i i i think you you have to bring it down to, while being truthful you have to bring it down to very basic levels you know he was sitting there with linda and robert first of all he thought he had to pay for his uh, for his room and he didn't have the money then he thought the small starter was that was all the food then he spilled the water it was just too much he couldn't cope with it he couldn't process it um and yeah, he but still hold on, feels hold on he was aware that he, he thought he was he was aware he was staying at a and b and he just assumed he was as, as all b&b guests he would have to pay so that's an yes. insight to the fact that he can cope with adult life and concepts mm. i just felt he was patronized I did. Mm. Um, it's oh, difficult. We're going to disagree, mm. Quentin. Oh no! Will you keep talking to me? That's that's what they tune in for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hooray! Well, they're disagreeing. Disagree. Yeah, Hooray! They're laugh. disagreeing at last. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go walk up a hill now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Right, with us, Faye. Thank you very much for your call. And now we go to sensational Stephen. Hello, you two. Stephen here. And I'm just calling to say some nice things about members of the younger generation, because normally we're quite rude about them and how they all sound the same. So let's start with Chelsea, who we met for the first time this week. Um, and she's great. She is exactly how you might imagine Tracy's daughter to be. But she's a loving, caring, thoughtful girl who is just desperate to help people. And she's clearly having issues at college with the, the richer um, girls around her who've got everything where she struggles to have any treats at all. Um, but it's, it's wonderfully portrayed and totally realistic. And then 
as Beth and the cake and the relationship with Jill, because Jill has a bit of a bad reputation when it comes to other people's cooking. Uh, in particular, she really, I think, resented Heather Pritchard trying to cook for her. But I think it might be different this time. I think it might be that um, she actually welcomes Beth making the effort to cook a cake, uh, which sounds like it's going to be an absolutely brilliant cake. Um, and I think that if anybody deserves to inherit the, um, the Brookfield Arga, um, it's Beth. Um, although, sadly, I think that despite her having a, a career in agriculture, Ben is not looking that way. He's heading off to be a, a nurse. So it would be difficult to see how that works out unless the unthinkable happens and Beth splits with Ben and takes up with Josh, which would be horrible. Mm. But anyway, I just thought I'd say some nice things about some of the characters we've been meeting recently. Um, and that's all from me. Bye. Bye, Stephen. Lovely to hear from you. Uh, saying nice things about the younger generation. I'd say Stephen was part of that younger generation because he filed that call on the last day of a rock festival that he's attending. And he was recording it in the rain. Okay, I mean, how rebellious can that be here on Dumpty Dum? <laughs> says Stephen, you're down with the kids, man. Um, yeah, we, we, we've already spoken about Chelsea, haven't we? And, and completely concur with mm. you. I think she's a, she's a corker. I'm looking forward to her character developing very much and the performances of 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 both her and, and, and Tracy were fantastic this week and I really enjoyed them. Um, really authentic, which is... And it just, Bursts through the radio, doesn't it, straight away? Mm. Um, what Stephen was saying was tying in with to what Jeff. What Stephen was saying is what ties in with what Jen was saying earlier on in the podcast. That is Beth going to be the new matriarch of Brookfield? And um, mm. here Stephen says that she should rightfully inherit the Brookfield Arga. So. I've got to listen to this storyline more carefully because it just uh, just went over my head, really. But clearly there are layers of cake or pavlova yeah. that I have not discerned <laughs> and I must bite deeper. Uh, Stephen's absolutely right. He's He's made me think about that because Ben, we assume, will continue his nursing career so how will that work but that that could be a really nice example of a more modern way of working on the farm with beth running it and um and ben working for the nhs that that, that would be great yes of course Stephen, you're right jill was uh very unhappy with uh heather pritchard as you say uh that was ruth's mum um uh with all all that went on there you've said very nice things about the young characters i am concerned we mentioned it earlier about how about kate and how kate is going to react as i'm cl classifying her as a younger character maybe i shouldn't but how she's going to react to the sale of, of home farm because spiritual home will be no more the yurts will have to go and she's going to want more money. She's going to say, oh, I've got loss of earnings, so I won't just accept my one and a half million. I want even more. And you can just see that. And will that finally push? Because they keep giving in to Kate time and time again. So it'd be nice to see them stand up to her. And Ben, he said he couldn't make the cake because he didn't have time. But then he watches Beth make her cake and talking to her the whole time. So that was a bit of a cop-out, but we'll allow it because now we know that Beth is a baker. We expect to have her on Great British Bake Off pretty soon. But Stephen, yes, a great call as always. And now we go to charismatic 
Catherine. Hi, Dumpty Dum. Just two small points this week about food yet again in the archers. I'm sure you've all discussed at length the um, spaghetti bolognese as a starter. Now, I know that Linda's a bit of an Italianophile and a bit of a ponce about food, but you've got a guy who's deeply traumatised. He's lived in a container um, with foreigners being treated badly. She invites him to stay at her house, and she regards it as some sort of, like, Edwardian shooting weekend when he's given a three-course meal... I mean, he's going to have to, like, sing around the piano later. <laughs> Just utterly tone-deaf. Why does she think that giving him a meal that's going to be alien and overly formal is going to be a friendly or kind thing to do? And then new girl Beth, who I still don't like yet, um, and her cake that's going to cause trouble. How can a cake cause trouble? I don't think a cake has caused trouble since the French Revolution. <laughs> Honestly, they're nuts. Um but aside from that, um, good news that it's not Rob. I'm just so excited about Rob coming back at Christmas. And if he doesn't come back at Christmas, I'm just going to imagine it happening and become my own virtual scriptwriter. Have a lovely weekend, everybody, or a week rather. Sorry, bye. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> very, very funny call as always. Yes, if that's the most informal meal that Lindy serves, what do they normally eat? I mean, if you would, if for me, if it's an informal meal... It'll be fish and chips, probably, or baked beans on toast, or you. I just, you just wouldn't do a starter as well. Like you wouldn't conceive of doing that. So, if that for Lindy and Robert is a, a a simple informal meal, what are they dining on normally? Is it lobster and canapes and caviar? I I, I don't know. I am sure that Jill will accommodate. Beth and her brilliant cake cooking because I feel Beth is not a competitor for Jill. Um, yes, Jill was dif different and difficult with Ruth's mum because there was the sort of the pull of who is going to be the matriarch in the house. But Beth is no competition and she could actually help because poor Jill's still having to feed the whole house. I mean, it's ridiculous. But anyway, um, the amount of food that woman has to put in the fridge well, she's that got, disappears. She's got nothing else to do. She hasn't got any lines at the moment. That's true. We need some lines for Jill. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping that Jill will enjoy the, the cake that Beth bakes and that it is a thorough success and that Josh is put in his place. Well, talking of lines, I mean, that's been the line of the podcast, hasn't it? The invited to an Edwardian shooting weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a bit like that. <laughs> Poor man. I mean, as Catherine says, he's very traumatised. And you, you just don't hit him with that to overwhelm him, do you? I mean, it was with the best intentions, but it was just mm. over the top. And she suggested they would have a sing around the piano later. Now, that is something that Blake might enjoy because he said he loves singing in the rain, doesn't he? So, <laughs> so maybe that would have put him at his ease. Um, yes, I, 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 Catherine says that she's so excited about Rob coming back at Christmas uh, uh, and she will script it herself if needs be. I have to say a Catherine script on the Archers would be a great listener. It would be, be hilarious to listen to. So uh, uh, I look forward to that. I should also point out, actually, I mean, we had Stephen filing from a, a rock festival. That was Catherine filing from uh, a walk to a Roman villa. I mean, we are getting we're getting these, these calls filed from everywhere, aren't we? It's fascinating. I, I love hearing where people call in from and uh yeah, she, Catherine's not a not a fan of new girl Beth yet I, I think I think you, you will warm to her 
Catherine, I, 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 I like Beth. There's something about Beth. Um, yeah. So uh, oh, um, yes, yes. Hang on in there, Catherine, with Beth, and and get writing that script. Yes, I like Beth. She can bake a good cake, so she's she's fine by me. She's, she's <laughs> right. in my she's in my gang. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Catherine. Great call as always. So those are all your calls, but you can also send us an email or a text if you prefer. So how can Dumpty Dummers do that, Quentin? Well, you're very welcome to send a text to o seven nine five seven one six seven six nine six. That's o seven nine five seven. 167696. Remember, if you're calling from outside the UK, to add a plus 44. Now, if you prefer to send an email, delighted to receive those as well. Visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the dumptydum.com website. Now, please do get your calls, emails, and texts in by lunchtime on a Sunday as we record this nonsense at 3 p.m. UK <laughs> time. And uh, remember also that you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And so we go from our caller innerers to our email innerers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And our email this week is from an on of Ambridge, Quentin. Oh, a week wouldn't be the same without one, would it, Philippa? So, dear Auntie Philippa and Uncle Quentin, thank you for all your help. My question today is about road safety. I have been thinking about joining the speed checkers in the village as it seems they're not as honourable as I thought and can be talked round from reporting a speeding offender. I've been short of money recently, so this could be a good way for me to restore my bank balance by volunteering and taking bribes. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) We're honourable people, are not? Of course we're going to tell you not to do that. Yeah, Linda is an honourable woman, even though she was persuaded yes. <laughs> by Tracy to waive the the infringement. I think Anon, you have been talking too much to Adam. Uh, you've <laughs> been influenced by his embezzling. I think you need to seek better company within Ambridge Strait 
away. So of course you should not take any bribes and you should do this job in a decent and law-abiding way. But I do want to point out actually, Philippa, and also to Anon and Ambridge, that there was an inaccuracy within the storyline this week, which rankled with a lot of us that, um, you know, if you get done by one of these speed camera teams, you know, the, the speed guns, Mm. you don't actually get sent a penalty notice because they haven't got the authority to do that what happens is that you get a snotty letter saying you have been clocked doing this oh um, yes not that i speak as someone who has received such a letter of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, you have been clocked basically behave don't do it again and um you know we're, we're looking out for you making sure you know, we're, we're on your case if you do it again so it's 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 not a penalty but it's a snotty letter that you get Ah, well, there you go. Um, Yes, Anon of Ambridge, don't don't do it. Uh, Somebody else who's going to be a bit short of money soon, I think, is Stella, because she'll have had the shortest job in history if home farms sold. And it's a shame. I I really like hearing her, and she's so good with Brian, as as I said. I think there are jobs going that you could look at, um, so you don't have to stoop to that level. Fruit picking always seems to be uh, something where they're looking for more people. And frankly, at the moment in the UK, uh, being a HGV driver could... uh, could suit you quite well. So no, an anon of Ambridge, don't do it. That's our advice. Thank you for your calls and emails. We value them so much. Please keep them coming. And so to Facebook and our lovely Dum De Dum community there as we sit back for the weekly roundup with Sandra. Hello, this is Sandra with the social media roundup for the week beginning Sunday the 26th of September. The week began with the appearance of Blake and ended with his disappearance. Lee was hyped up when he discovered that the intruder was at the house. David Tweedy wondered if Lee's quick temper was heading towards a story about steroid abuse. However, there didn't seem to be any support for that theory. Darcy Jorgensen thought that his attitude came out of protectiveness towards Helen and the boys. Keith Rawlins wondered if Tracy had upgraded her insurance to include Chelsea as a learner driver. Chelsea seems to be quite popular at the moment. Elle Saunders on Ambridge Addicts described her as a carbon copy of her mum. She had a harebrained scheme but came good with her true feelings. Darcy Jorgensen picked up that Brian's mortality had been invoked again. I have read a few comments over previous weeks when listeners believe that he is on his way out. Darcy also suggested Phoebe as a family member who could take over the running of the farm. However, a few, like Jonah Titchmarsh, believed that Adam will return. Jonah said that there was no way that Brian would think that selling up was a good idea. I added to that conversation because I thought it could be part of the long-term storyline, beginning with the sale of the farmhouse. Listeners had been asking why Brian and Jennifer are still in rented property, so the proceeds from the sale of the farm could fund a suitable home. I liked a suggestion by Ingrid Marsh on Ambridge Addict. She thought that the Gills could sell home farmhouse and Brian and Jennifer could buy it back. However, others thought that Brian would be fretting seeing someone else run the farm at close quarters. Melly McMerryweather isn't the only one who has realised that Josh does fancy Beth. Jonah Titchmarsh reminded us that this wouldn't be the first battle for a woman between two brothers on the archers. And on to poor old Blake. 
There was a long thread on academic archers discussing how traumatised Blake was. Linda and Robert were seen as well-meaning, but insensitive. Blake had never come across a three-course meal beginning with a starter before. When Blake left, there was some discussion across the groups as to where he might have gone. The favourite place was the shepherd's hut, which I think is a possibility. There were also discussions about possible work for him. And of course, there are apples that need to be picked at Bridge Farm. Well, that's all from me. See you later. Thank you, Sandra, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us there. We'd love to see you. We're also on Twitter, of course, under at Dumpty Dum. Our great team always make sure that they include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy them too. Like them, do include at Dumpty Dum as well so we can all see your tweets and keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Review. How about you, Quentin? And I can be found at 13 Minute Man. That's 13 Minute Man. So now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. It is. It is. And I, I know one medalist this week is going to be absolutely thrilled because up to this point, he has been pretty much carrying the medals in to the ceremony, but never actually getting on the podium himself. But uh, he's finally made it because in response to a tweet I put out in which I said, just bloody tell him Moss is in prison, Kirsty, Stephen Bowden, our Stephen, replied, well, that works out well. She followed your advice and the result was his getting run over moments later. Have you considered a career as an advice columnist? <laughs> right, Stephen, for yes, your barefaced cheek, Stephen. you win bronze. You're on the podium, Stephen. Well done. In silver position, it comes in from Smells Like White Spirit at Lady Decorator. And she says this, putting Blake in the lavatory seems a bit rude. Because, of course, they put him in the smallest room, didn't they? Get it? Oh, yes. Yes. Well done. That hadn't even occurred to me yet. Yeah. Good. So uh, that gets you silver, lady decorator, but in gold position. And she's been on the podium before. It's Dee Daly at uh, Die in Hastings. And she says this. Mr. Moss is away, a little like Geoffrey Barnard being unwell. Which I rather like. <laughs> Has I that gone over your head as well? That one. What? There's a yes. play. Jeffrey Jeffrey Barnard is unwell. There's a play, very famous play. Oh. They'll get it. Don't worry. I thought I was good on my plays, but you read enough oh, books. Yes. Well, well done. <laughs> well done, everyone. Very very good. Um, now, thanks again to the Paul family in New York for their dum de dum tune for Sandra for her great Facebook roundup and for calls and emails from Jen, Claire, Mia, or was it Ian, Christine, Brian, Glyn, Emily, Witherspoon, Stephen, Catherine and Anon of Ambridge. And thanks also to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, which you can find on the website, by the way, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So, what will be revealed next week? Will Amy declare her undying love for Chris? Will Josh declare his undying love for Beth? Will Brian declare his undying love for Pavlova? And will Lindy declare her undying love for Robert's everyday spaghetti bolognese? All will be revealed. It's a bye-bye from me. <laughs> There's a theme there, and it's a goodbye from me.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.